Hey friends, thank you for joining us today on Healthy-ish, your daily podcast from body and soul. I am your host, Felicity Harley. Oh, you are going to love this chat. How are you with trusting your intuition? Well... We'll find out. Psychologist, neuroscientist, and co-founder of Future Minds Lab at University of New South Wales, Professor Joel Pearson joins me today. Now, he says when you're too emotional, you can cloud your intuition. He joins us in the studio to discuss how to manage your emotional states to help build your intuition and make better decisions. Now, if you like what you hear from Joel, and I know you will, make sure you listen to Extra Healthy-ish, where we talk more about his intuition toolkit, also the name of his new book, FYI, for trusting our intuition in many life situations. You can search for Extra Healthy-ish wherever you get your podcasts. Joel, thank you for coming on Healthish. My pleasure. Now, you are an intriguing mix. A neuroscientist, a psychologist, written a book about intuition. It's a pretty compelling mix. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. I mean, intuition, well, I suppose because intuition is, you know, and you say it in the book, it's traditionally woo-woo. Yeah, it's it, to some degree, right? And that's one of the things I try and clear up really early on is how, how I'm defining it. I'm not talking about the spiritual side, the magical, the blueprint of the universe. I'm taking a very scientific approach. And that's the I think that's the exciting thing. We can e explain intuition with all the science, the way we understand the brain already. We don't need to learn new things. We will learn a lot of new things, but we can explain it already. So Yeah, and yeah. I think that, I think I agree with that because because, you know, I've been in media for a while now and perhaps, you know, 15 years ago I'd interview people about the whole intuition thing who had no science. Oh, it's just, you know, that feeling. But what does the science say about it? So it says it's a real thing that we can. So it's research we've done in the lab, in my lab here in Sydney, about 10 years ago. So we can tap into unconscious information in the brain and we can use that for better decisions or actions. Right, and we're like getting into the nerdy detail. What our bodies it's actually okay, we doing? Like nerdy detail. Yeah, oh, I can, yeah. I, I can okay. go there. <laughs> don't let me do it. Um, so, what our body is doing? It's our body has access to the unconscious information. So we don't know it's there in our brain, but our body can access it. It can pick up on the emotions, and that's what we're feeling in this gut response that people talk about. That's why it's called the gut. The gut feeling. Uh, some people in the chest, some people in the fingertips, and so our brains. Oh, are the process. fingertips. Yeah, some people feel it on their, their sweaty palms or their fingertips, oh, of shoulders, chest. Um, but normally in the body, so that's called interoception, internal perception and internal state of the body. So all the information you're processing, you, know, you go into a cafe or a restaurant, you're processing thousands of different things, the temperature, the music, the style, the type of tables, the type of Just chairs. Just love our bodies and minds. clean the mind floor boring. is, whatever it is. And, but it's, a lot of that's unconscious. You're not really aware of it. And so your brain's learned that some things predict good outcomes, good food, good coffee. Other things in the cafe predict bad food or bad coffee. So your brain's picking up on that, it's triggering these red flags, but it's unconscious. But you're feeling it in the body, in the gut, and that's the gut feeling. I like that. I mean, I, yeah, I just it's phenomenal, isn't it, that our, this is all happening and all we're thinking about is that we need a latte. Yeah, and yes. we just feel it. It's automatic, happens in a second, bang, all done very, very quickly. So talk to us about emotional intelligence and the yeah. importance of this in nurturing how, what, how do you describe it? Nurturing our intuition, getting more in touch with it? What sort of terminology do you use? Yeah, so, so I, know, I mean, I have these rules around intuition. And the number one, the most important is really to not practice intuition when you're highly emotional. 
positive or negative. That's important. And the reason is like you get flooded with these strong emotions um, and that just washes out. You can't pick up the more subtle feelings of intuition. So if you're in this state, we need to find a way to bring ourselves back to a baseline, right? Again, if it's positive or negative, get that sort of calmer uh, state. And there's lots of different ways of doing that. And so, yeah, emotional awareness is a, a huge part of that. So you need that, which is a part of emotional intelligence, right? So emotional intelligence is a larger sort of category, which involves emotional awareness of yourself, of other people, right? So it's a big thing in the workplace. If someone's really grumpy in your team, you need to have noticed that. You can't just, you know, bulldoze them and not even notice. Um, but also it involves ways of controlling your emotions, um, you know, not to, so to bring it back when you are very emotional. How can we do that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a million dollar question. Yeah. So, so first up, we know that emotional intelligence in general predicts all kinds of things from academic success, entrepreneurship, you know, advancement. Just in the workplace, just having like, better relationships with yeah, your family and friends, better well-being, healthy yeah. healthiness—all all the it just predicts so many good, interesting, good things. So, what we think, at least in terms of your own self-awareness, is to practice labeling the feelings you have and linking those labels and words to the physiology, the physiology in your body, the feelings you get. So, if you feel your heart rate going up, or you feel a bit sweaty, or you—the you, idea is to get used to noticing that early and putting a label on that. And the more you do that, the more familiar you'll be and the better self-awareness you'll have of your own emotions. So a label being I'm feeling anxiety or yeah. frustration or So we can start with the, the very or, simple and then yeah. we might get more specific, like I'm feeling excited and a bit nervous and then you try and add more and more detail to get more nuanced to, to, to really tap into that feeling. Mm. Often it's hard, though, when you're in the height of emotion, yeah. you know, if you're in an argument with your partner, if you're, you know, a lot of our listeners overwhelmed with the mental load and, you know, you're all up here and, oh, my gosh, I can't. Like, how do we bring it back down so we can actually become more in tune with what's happening in our gut? Yeah. So there's two things. There's, there's general things we can do each day just to sort of, to you know, from your sleep to your eating habits exercise. I'm a fan of exercise. I'm a fan of sauna. Hot and cold is a sauna is one of the things that really, if I'm in a grumpy, bad mood or stressed, getting my heart rate up in the sauna on top of exercise is, is, does amazing things for me. And then there's the things in the moment, right? So if I'm sitting here, I'm getting nervous, I'm freaking out. I can feel the tension. I can start controlling my breathing, being aware of my breathing. I can do what's called box breathing, which is breathing in to account, holding it for a count, breathing out for a count. So it's very controlled, that square shape breathing. There's a physiological sigh, which has become very popular, which is a breathing in and then breathing out much longer and more slowly. And that has particular effects on heart rate and physiology. Is there any number on the box breathing that you should aim for? Uh, I like to go for five, yeah. count of five, but it depends on people's lung capacity. Yeah, you don't want to stress yourself out. Mm. Um, those kind of things, off, or, or just going for a walk, just movement. I think just moving the body, stretching even. Hmm. So those things that you can do in the moment, you probably can't, you know, if you're in a board meeting or some important meeting, <laughs> drop the floor I'm and just start doing start yoga. <laughs> uh, I mean, you could. We could do all that. But, um, you know, the workplace is pretty you probably open could in these the, days. Yeah, body and soul office. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think there's the acute things you can do right in the moment, and then there's the daily maintenance things, and I'd break it into those two categories. Mm. So when you are perhaps too emotional, as you say, why is it detrimental trusting your intuition in that moment as opposed to when you're flatlining? Yeah. 
so two main reasons. So there's something called arousal misattribution. And in the book I go into this. I love these academic terms, yeah, by yeah, the way. It's very technical. <laughs> yeah. But in the book I go into this story, it was a first date and we went rock climbing, right? And, you know, it was an indoor rock climbing gym. We're falling off the wall, climbing all sweaty, and it's full of adrenaline. And we're like, oh, looking towards each other's eyes. We're excited. We're feeling the chemistry. Oh, my God, it's amazing. Turns out not so much. We weren't that suited for each other. What was happening, I didn't realize this until actually a few years later, that when you're in that situation, we confuse the arousal, the adrenaline, the heart rate, the sweating between the rock climbing and the person. So we think it's the actual, the, the effect of the person's having on us. Right? We've, we think it's, you know, oh, I'm getting, my heart rate's gone up. It must be because I'm falling for this person, but it's the rock climbing. Yeah, right. right. And there's lots of cool experiments looking into this. Producers of shows like The Bachelor or Bachelorette, these kind of reality shows will often manipulate people a little bit using mm. tricks like this. So that's one reason. We don't want to confuse one emotion for something else. Yeah. In other words, we don't want to confuse our fear of flying with something about intuition, mm. about a plane, right? And two, just think about, like, like I said before, the, the general amount of emotional noise, if you like, in the system you're at a party and it's noisy. You can't hear yourself talking to someone else. You can't hear them talking either. Um, and so having just a lot of emotion in the system will just wipe out the more subtle feelings mm. uh, that are part of intuition. So for those two main reasons, yeah, we don't want to um, you practice intuition when we're highly emotional. Yeah. Joel, thank you for coming on Healthy-ish. My pleasure. Well, I know you are probably intrigued to hear more from Joel. Well, grab his new book. It is out now. It is called The Intuition Toolkit. If you did enjoy this chat, make sure you rate and review it. Or of course, you can subscribe to this podcast. Share this out with a friend. Anything else, head to bodyandsoul.com.au. Follow us on socials. Grab our print edition, which is out in your local Sunday paper. And until tomorrow, stay healthy-ish. I'm Sarah Lamarquin, Editor-in-Chief of Stella and host of our podcast called Something to Talk About. Every weekend we publish a new episode where you'll hear compelling personalities, strong opinions and thought-provoking conversations. I wanted to be able to do it in my time when I was ready and speak my truth when I was ready. The topic of when do I become a mum, that is in my mind 24-7. Search for Something to Talk About wherever you listen to your podcasts.